Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Well, it's such a privilege to be um, speaking to you guys this morning on Mother's Day um, and have the opportunity to take some time out to celebrate mums. Um, if you are a married mum, a single mum, a stepmum, adoptive or foster mum, spiritual mum, basically, if you're a woman in the room, uh, the spotlight is on you this morning and we're going to take some time to celebrate who you are. And obviously, my filter this morning is very much as a spiritual mum. There are loads of different ways we can express mothering as women. Uh, I can't relate to um, mountains of nappies. I, I can't relate to sleepless nights uh, with kids waking me up every two minutes needing things. I can't relate to that. Um, I also can't relate to not being able to find time to myself. And when I hear my friends say, who've got little kiddies, their only solace is to go to the bathroom, and their bathroom time is, is like their quality time for themselves, and sometimes then it's not guaranteed, I can't relate to that, and I'm somewhat grateful to that. I'm allowed to wee in peace, <laughs> which is uh, a real gift. Um, I also can't relate to taxiing teenagers around all over the place and operating like a taxi in that way, but I do believe that God has given me some key things to share with you guys this morning, some principles to share about mothering, about God's heart for mothering, uh, that I'm hoping is going to encourage all of us as mums in the room. And I'm not going to uh, unpack a particular scripture this morning, but I'm going to use biblical principles to encourage us as mums this morning. And I'm also trusting that, guys, there will be some good things that you yeah. can take away from this morning too. So, shall I pray? Yeah. Awesome. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence, and we thank you that you um, are with us. We just love that, God. And um, we just love that you made us just the way we are, fathers and mothers, men and women. And uh, we thank you, God, that we can be all that you've called us to be because, because you've made us in your image and because you're with us. And I just pray this morning, God, that you would really encourage us, you would speak truth to us, that you would bring freedom to our hearts. And I just pray for fresh faith to rise up in the room. Um, pray particularly for women, those who mother, give us fresh faith to be all that you've called us to be, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. How many of you have ever heard of Chris Hoy? Put your hand up if you've heard of that name, Chris Hoy. Okay, a few of you. Well, for those of you who don't know Chris Hoy, he's actually now a British racing driver, I found out recently. But he was formerly a very successful track cyclist. And actually, Chris was a world champion 11 times in total, which is a huge deal. And he actually won gold at the Olympics six times. So he was a really, really successful athlete. And I just want to show us a very brief video of Chris's sixth Sixth attempt, sixth attempt at going for gold at the Olympics. Uh, but we're not going to watch him in the race. What we're going to watch is his mum watching him from the stands. So have a little look. Germany's third at the moment. Mulder on the inside. He's tucked in four. Here comes Hoy. Hoy hits the line with one lap to go. And the challenge is coming here from Levy of Germany. They're shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder now. As they come off the crown of the bend. And now they're lining up for the run to the line. Who's going to get it? 
Chris Hoy gets the gold medal here in the Kirin. That's his sixth gold medal. He becomes the greatest achiever ever, the greatest British Olympian. He's tally six golds and one silver. Sir Chris Hoy is the Olympic champion for the Kirin. That was a courageous ride there. He was actually passed by the German. He held his line. He didn't take his foot off the gas at all. And he knew that if he could just hold him up, he could hold him up, he could take him on that final corner. And that's what he did. I love that video. I love it. It's such a short clip, but I, I love that. I, th I think it sums up the, both the anguish and the ecstasy of being a mum. You know, you've got Chris Hoy's mum, who's called Carol, and she's like his biggest cheerleader. She's like, come on, Chris! And she, every fibre in her being is longing for his success. And then you've got those moments where she has to look away, and she just can't keep watching what's going on because the potential of him not succeeding and not fulfilling his dream is just too much for her to bear. The ecstasy and anguish of being a mum. And I just want to acknowledge that some of us are here this morning and we are experiencing currently the anguish of motherhood. You know, maybe you've lost a child and Mother's Day brings up the pain and grief of that loss. Maybe you're a stepmum but your relationship with your stepkids is strained and broken. Maybe you're the mum of a sick child, or your kids are just not having a great time at the moment, or maybe you're estranged from your kids. Maybe you're a spiritual mum, and you are feeling the grief of not having your own biological children. Maybe you're a single mum, and you are just feeling overwhelmed with the responsibility that you have to carry to bring your kids up on your own. I just want to acknowledge that there will be mothers in the room who are experiencing very real anguish. And I just want to say to you this morning, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for turning up. Thank you so much for being courageous and for being present with us here this morning. And I just want to say to you guys, there is grace for all of us this morning. God's grace is sufficient for all of us. And I really believe that there's healing for our hearts this morning as we allow God just to come and minister to us and meet with us, and give us everything we need. But for the rest of this morning, I really want to just hone in on some of the ecstasies of being a mum. I want to remind us this morning why we love being mums, what we love about motherhood. And I want us to look at why it is vitally important that we fully embrace and step into who, called us, who God has called us to be as mothers, as those who can see the awesome stuff in our kids and call it out of them and cheer them on to be all that God's called them to be. I want to remind us this morning what we love about being mums. And I believe that God wants to give us fresh faith and fresh courage to increasingly step into all that he's called us to be as mums, to not shrink back, but to go forward with faith and grace in all that he's called us to and the influence he's called us to have with our own kids, with spiritual kids, in our workplaces, in our communities, wherever we have influence. I um, texted a load of mums before writing this a couple of weeks ago now from the church. And uh, I just texted them and said, can you help me out? I'm, I'm speaking on Mother's Day. Can you text me the, the one thing you love most about being a mum? And I, and I knew it was going to be a challenging question for them to answer. And 
many people commented on how challenging it was. Particularly, they said having to choose one thing was really, really difficult. And I could tell that was the case because the text that I got back had multiple things in one sentence. <laughs> uh, because they were trying to make it one thing, but really it was many, many things. It was very difficult to pin it down to one thing. But I just want to read out a summary of so some of those responses just to stir our faith afresh, uh, particularly those of us who are mothering in the room as to why we love being who God's called us to be. Let me just read you some of the summary. What are some of the things I love about being a mum? Watching the unique personality traits and gifts emerge and develop in my kids, knowing that God has put it in them and yet having the privilege of nurturing it and drawing it out. Loving unconditionally, seeing what is uniquely beautiful in people and telling them again and again. Seeing my kids flourish, drawing closer to God and being dependent on him. Seeing my kids grow in confidence and relationship with Jesus so they're able to create community around them where they are loved and love others. Loving people who have not had nurturing homes and bringing them hope. Having my heart exposed to a new and outrageous love that's unconditional, sacrificial, overwhelming, protective and completely beautiful. Glimpsing God's heart as a parent. And lastly, calling out the stuff that's deep inside people that they can't yet see, showing them that you believe in them and that anything is possible. Isn't that amazing? So incredible. Being a mum is such a wonderful privilege and there are so many things for us to celebrate this morning. And as women and as mums, we are called by God to have a significant influence on the earth. Alongside men and, and um, fathers, we are called together, our mandate is together to see God's kingdom break out all over the place. As mothers and fathers together to see this earth, this nation, our community, our families, our workplaces flooded with the love and kindness yeah. of God. Yeah. That is our mandate and you can see that principle working throughout scripture. So if you're, if you're a regular here at King's Arms, you'll know that we're working through the book of Acts at the moment. And we're wanting to learn from the early church how, how we can step into the greater things that God has got for us together as a church family. And you see this principle of men and women, mothers and fathers, working together to see the gospel advance and God's kingdom spread. So in Acts chapter 16, you read about the conversion of Lydia. And Lydia was a very significant businesswoman. And uh, she had an encounter with the Apostle Paul and the other guys who were traveling with him. And Paul came to her and taught her about Jesus, taught her about Jesus. She opened her heart up to Jesus, invited the Apostle Paul and his traveling companions back to her house. And as a result of spending time together, her whole household ended up giving their lives to Jesus and believing in him. And then a few chapters later, in Acts 18, um, the Apostle Paul stays with a couple called Priscilla and Aquila. And Priscilla and Aquila were hugely significant and influential in the spread of the gospel and the strengthening of the early church. Um, and, and they worked alongside Paul, mothers and fathers working together to see God's kingdom advance, to see the church strengthened. And actually, they were so significant that in, in Romans, in the book of Romans that, that Paul wrote to the, to the believers in Rome, and in, in Romans 16, he writes a, a paragraph of people he wants the believers in Rome to greet and bless because they have partnered with him in the advance of the gospel. And he lists a whole load of people, and Priscilla and Aquila pop up in that, in that um, list of people to greet. And Paul references uh, Priscilla and Aquila 
And he makes reference to them, and he says this about them in Romans 16. He, des- he describes them as fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their necks for my life. I mean, I don't know what that looked like, but they were clearly incredibly important to Paul in helping him to advance the gospel and significant in the early church. And then in the same passage where Paul is greeting people, he also references um, another, another woman who's, who's played a role in his life, and it would be very easy to miss the reference to her because he doesn't even give us her name. And in, in Romans 16, verse 13, Paul, Paul writes this. He says, Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. It would be very, very easy to miss Paul's reference to Rufus's mother. He doesn't even tell us her name, but he says, I want you to greet Rufus's mother. She has been a mother to me as well. I just would love to know what that looked like. I wonder what that kind of relationship looked like. The Apostle Paul, who we would be very easily put on a pedestal, is referencing this woman. She was like a mother to me. Greet her. She had a significant role to play in my calling. I I would love to know how often they hung out together and how often did he hang out at Rufus's house or, you know, what did they talk about? And did Paul ever have a moment where he was doubting what God had called him to? And did Rufus's mum ever say, come on, Paul, this is who you're called to be. Don't give up. Keep going. I just wonder what words are exchanged between Rufus's mum and Paul. It's clear that Paul really valued her relationship, otherwise he wouldn't have mentioned her in in the letter he wrote to the Romans. Um, And so we can tell that Rufus's mum, even though we don't know her name, had a part to play in Paul being who he was called to be and doing what he was called to do. That's huge influence. How did she have the influence? Well, she was a mum. She was a mum. And, you know, as women, we are wired biologically to birth life. And I believe it's same spiritually. I believe God has wired us to release life wherever we go, wherever we have influence, through the words we speak, through the prayers we pray, through the belief that we have in our kids and the way that we champion them, when everything else may be going pear-shaped, I believe that we are wired to bring life wherever we go. And I, I actually believe that's why the enemy is on a mission to get us to doubt who we are as mothers, to get us to underestimate the role we play maybe, to get us to question whether we're doing a good enough job, to get us to focus on the mistakes we make. Because he wants us to shrink back keep our mouths closed because he understands if we fully functioned in the way that God called us to, we would release life wherever we go to the people around us. And so I want to help us this morning to ignore the lies of the enemy and listen to what God says about us and to hear his celebration, his well done over us. Because we are called to release life wherever we go. And I want to just focus on two things this morning to help us with that. The first one is this. I want to encourage you, if if you're a woman here this morning, if you're a mum, I want you to know who you are. I want us to learn how to fully embrace our calling to be a mum. Some of you will know this story, but in October, um, I turned 40. Uh, Thank you, guys. That was a little bit delayed. I had to tell everyone in the first service, you need to do a sharp intake of breath. In October last year, I turned 40. Thank you. 
wow, I know, I know it's a shock. It's a shocker. It's an absolute shocker, but it's true. Um, and uh, I was just hanging out with Jesus at one point, um, just spending time with him, looking over my life and just thanking him for stuff and thinking through um, what he'd done in me and the stuff he'd called me to. And a bit out of nowhere, really, I was sideswiped with a fresh level of grief and pain about not having my own kids, because it was never really the dream when I was little that I would be 40 without, without my own biological kids. And so I spent time with Jesus, and I just processed some of the pain of that and, and was honest with him about it and got the grief out, and it was just really, really good to do. And um, God was really kind, very, very close, and, and spoke some really lovely truth to me. But as I was processing, the th- the, my, my brain fast-forwarded to today because I knew that I was on the rotor to speak on Mother's Day. And immediately I felt fear and anxiety rise up in my heart and I, I, everything in me thought, I, uh, I can't do that. And the thought that popped into my head actually was, Wendy, you really can't do that because if you get up to speak on Mother's Day, you will be a fraud because you don't know what you're talking about. That is the thought that popped into my head. And although the anxiety and the pain was ever surreal, I recognized that that was the enemy trying to stop me to step from stepping into who God has called me to be. And so I started to unravel the lie. And I know many of you will experience lies in life, men and women alike. And the good thing you can do with the lie is to unravel the lie. Let me explain what I did. I just took a moment to recognize I think this is the enemy. And I, and I asked myself this, why would the enemy want me to think I would be a fraud if I spoke on Mother's Day? Bless you. Well, it's because, it's because he doesn't want me to speak on Mother's Day. And then I asked myself, well, why, would, why does the enemy not want me to speak on Mother's Day? Well, because God has some stuff for me to say on Mother's Day. So what am I going to do? I'm going to speak on Mother's Day. That is how, that is how I unraveled the lie. The enemy wanted me to hide, to shrink back, to keep my mouth shut. Because he understands that I'm wired to bring something this morning that's going to bring release and freedom for people. And I know that I am not the only one in this room who has wrestled with this lie. I know that actually lies come to men and women alike. And there are many women in this room, you have struggled with similar lies. Maybe you have felt like a fraud as a mother. You feel like you're perhaps not doing a good enough job. You look back and you've got regrets and you think, if only I'd done that, if only I hadn't done that. You're not performing well enough in your role as a mother. And the enemy can throw loads of different things to us and at us to tell us that we're not doing a good enough job. Maybe things like, you know, you're a fraud as a mum because your kids are struggling with Jesus right now. Or you don't play with your kids enough. You're too busy doing other things. Or you're too impatient with your kids. You snap at them too quickly. Or your stepkids don't really need you because you're not their real mum. Or you're a fraud as a mum because you're not like this person, this mum, this mum. You're not like them. You're insufficient as you. And of course, the best kind of lies and accusations from the enemy carry an element of truth. That's how he gets us. Because obviously the truth is, I don't know what it's like to be a mum of little kids. I don't know what that's like. But the conclusion that that would make me a fraud to speak about mothering is wrong. Do you understand? So there might be mothers in this room. 
you don't play with your kids enough, or you are a bit short-tempered with your kids, you do need the patience we've just been prayed for. You need that. You need to work out different ways of relating to your kids in different situations. Or maybe your kids are struggling with Jesus, but the conclusion that that makes you a fraud as a mother is incorrect. That is wrong. We are mothers because we are made in the image and likeness of God, just like fathers are fathers because they're made in the image and likeness of God. He is the one who qualifies us. And if we believe what the enemy tells us, that we're a fraud, that we're not doing enough Um, we're not doing a good enough job then we will shrink back we will keep our mouth shut we want to stay hidden we will feel shame and what will happen is it will stop us fully stepping into the life bringing mothers we're actually called to be and this morning God wants us to fully embrace our call to mother and to release life wherever we go and the reality is this you're not going to be perfect and you never will You're not going to be a perfect mother. Guys in the room, you're not going to be a perfect father. You never will be. But that does not make you a fraud. And I just feel like God wants us to hear his celebration and his well done right now. You know, even... In a minute, I'm going to get people to stand with me if you can relate to this. And I I recognize that these lords of lies of feeling like a fraud or like you're not doing a good enough job can be for men and women alike. But I just want to hone in on, on women this morning, if that's okay. But just to share, in the first meeting, at, while we were worshipping, I was still wrestling with the fear of getting up to speak. I was feeling very emotional and having to still wrestle it through. God was so kind to me because Phil Cox, who really hears God's voice clearly, came up to me as I was worshipping Jesus. And he said to me, he said, are you, are you preaching this morning? I said, yeah. He said, are you worried about getting up there and believing lies about not being a mum? I was like, yeah. He said, it's weird. He said, I just looked at you and thought, I want to come over there and laugh. He said, I am just feeling and sensing the hilarious laugh of God over that lie. He said, God is hysterically laughing over that lie because it is so ridiculous. And it just released something in me. And I believe that God wants to laugh over some lies this morning. It doesn't negate the pain. It doesn't mean he doesn't feel the pain with you when there is pain. But he wants to break off this lie. I am a fraud. I am not good enough. I'm not doing a good enough job. He wants to bring freedom. So we're just going to take a moment to pray. And if you can relate, if you're a mother here, if you're a woman here, and you can relate with this sense of this lie of feeling like a fraud, feeling like you're not doing a good enough job as a mum, I want you just to stand to your feet with me as we respond together. Thank you so much. Thank you for being brave. So guys, if there's someone standing near you, just let's just put a hand on their shoulder. Let's just stand with them. We're just going to take a moment to let God do amazing things. Father, I thank you for every mother who has stood. And God, I pray right now above every lie that you would speak your truth loud and clear. God, I just speak to shame that is trying to attach itself to these mothers. I just command shame to be lifted off in the name of Jesus right now. I break the power of shame. You know what shame does? It causes you to hide. It causes you to keep quiet. It causes you to lose your confidence. It causes you to doubt yourself. 
And so, Father, right now, I just pray that shame would be broken off of people now. In Jesus' name. Shame is not your portion. (laughs) You may have made mistakes. You may have got stuff wrong. Shame is not your portion. You are still who God says you are. You are still called to release life wherever you go. You are still called to mother. And I pray, God, right now that you would let these amazing women hear your hilarious laughing over the lie. Right now, God, let, let your hilarity of laughter over those lies come loud and clear, clear in their minds. That they would see your perspective on the lies. That you laugh at the ridiculousness of these lies because you know who you've made these women to be. You know who you've made them to be. And I pray that this would be a line in the sand moment. A line in the sand moment for these women. They would come out of hiding and they would step fully into being all that you've called them to be as mums. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for them, God. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Celebrate them. Cheer over them, God. I pray they would know you're well done above every other voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being courageous. So first of all, we've got to know who we are. We've got to fully embrace who God has called us to be. Second thing I just want to touch on is we've got to know the power of the words that we speak. We've got to understand the power of our words. As I was preparing for this morning, I came across a lady called Wilma Rudolph. That's an awesome name, isn't it? Anyone ever heard of Wilma Rudolph? Oh, yeah, few people. Thank you. Well, let me tell you about Wilma. There she is. So Wilma is an American sprinter, and she became a world record-holding Olympic champion, and she was actually an international sports icon in the track and field. And she was actually labelled in the 1960s as the fastest woman on the planet which is quite an accolade. She became the first African-American woman to win three gold medals in one Olympic Games. So she was quite something back in the 1960s. What I also found out about Wilma, though, is that in her early life, she suffered with quite a lot of disease and sickness. Um, She had pneumonia, and she suffered with scarlet fever, and she also had something called infantile paralysis caused by polio. She had polio when she was four years old, and she suffered with this condition, infantile paralysis, which meant that she, she actually recovered from her polio, but it meant that her left leg and foot lost strength. And she had to wear a brace on her left leg um, for several years of her life, I think until she was eight years old. And so she um, struggled a lot with her health and, and her leg new weakness, and she had to obviously have treatment, etc. Well, when she's being interviewed and she's looking back over her life and she's looking back over her childhood and, and, and she's seeing the success that she has experienced as a sprinter, now known as the fastest woman on the planet, um, she's recorded to have said this in an interview. The doctors told me I would never walk again. My mother told me I would. I believe my mother. <laughs> The doctors told me I would never walk again. My mother told me I would. I believe my mother. Isn't that amazing? You know, as as mums, we have the privilege of seeing the very best in our kids. We get to see them through eyes of faith. And we get to call it out of them 
tell them who they are. Even when the world is telling them all sorts of other rubbish, we get to speak the truth. We get to call out the gold. We get to cheer them on and see them step into all that God's got for them. Our words are powerful. And of course, this is for both mothers and fathers. All of us are made by God in a way that means that our words carry power to bring life. In Proverbs 18.21, it says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, we are wired in such a way that there is a supernatural dynamic that takes place when we speak words of truth that actually wakes up life in people's hearts. Where stuff before was dormant or dead, we can speak truth to people and see stuff come alive. And where they perhaps don't see it in themselves, we can see with eyes of faith and call out life and gifts and we can see them step into who they're called to be. I saw it happen just this week. I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and um, uh, she was with her son, who happens to be my godson. He's very cute. And we were just sitting at the dinner table, and she was telling me about um, uh, how uh, her son had been at a swimming lesson earlier that day, and he'd found it a little bit difficult. And he'd felt a bit overwhelmed by the whole situation. He'd just been moved up into a different group. And at one point, he started to cry because he felt so overwhelmed. But he didn't run out to find her. He kind of felt, felt the fear and then thought, no, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to do it anyway. And he stayed in the group and he stayed in his lesson. He did really well. And my friend is just bragging about her son in front of me and saying, he was so brave. He, you were just so brave. When you didn't run out, he, she said it would have been fine for you to come and find me if you needed me to. But you were so brave in that moment. And I loved uh, my godson's re- response. He went like this, I was so brave. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you were. I love that. We can learn a lot about how to receive encouragement from kids. Just repeat. When someone encourages you, repeat back what they've said. And if you want to do the muscle, yes, you're right. It was awesome. It was just so powerful. His mum essentially essentially described what was going on in his heart and the choice he'd made to be brave and called it out of him, said, you were so brave. And that would have done something inside of him. She's showing him who he is, what is inside of him. The words we speak carry supernatural oomph. There's something powerful about them. Even if we don't see immediate results, even if we feel like the stuff we're saying is falling on deaf ears, we need to know that the words we speak release life. They do. They release life. It's one of my very favorite things to do as a spiritual mum is to, to spot people and see stuff in them and Grab hold of it and say, this is in you, I see this. And, and I've seen people come alive time and time and time again as I've seen stuff and called it out. And it's just such a privilege. Um, back in January, I was, I was at Centre Parks and I was just uh, doing a ministry time. And I saw a guy at the back of the room who was probably in his late teens. And um, I just saw leadership on him. I just knew he was called to be a leader. But he was receiving from God and his head was down. And I, and I could see that he didn't rate himself. And I think he probably had some shame uh, probably, possibly with sin stuff he was struggling with. And I just knew that his view of himself was not what I was seeing uh, through God's eyes, you know. And so I thought, I just need to go and speak to him and encourage him. So I went up to him and prayed for him and just told him, you're, you're great, you're a good man. Um, God loves you, he's got awesome stuff for you. I, uh, there's leadership in you. And I just kind of spoke words of life to him. And he got some freedom, and it was, just, it was such a privilege. And later that same day, he came up the front to share what God had done, which was awesome. Really good to hear how God had set him free. 
And then um, I felt like God wanted to take the whole, him knowing who he was, just a little bit deeper. So I said, look, I've got an idea that I want you to do. He's still at the front. Do you think you're up for it? It's going to take a bit of courage. And he said, yeah, okay. So I said, what I want you to do is I want you to take the microphone and I want you to look at each block in turn. I want you to tell them, I am a good man. He was like, okay. And there were four blocks and he was so crazy. I am a really good man. And the the guys were like, yeah. I am a really good man. Yeah. And he just went through each of the blocks. And something, God God was just taking the truth deeper into his heart. At the end of the day, he was bringing words of knowledge for healing and seeing people healed. God did something in just that few moments of encounter with him because the words I spoke brought life to him in a way that he hadn't known before I'd said the words. And I just love this. What's amazing to me is you just never know what kind of impact your words are going to have. You just never know who you might be encouraging. You know, you you might be like Rufus's mum, who ends up being a spiritual mother to someone who becomes a massive influencer, like the Apostle Paul. You just never know. You know, you might be speaking truth and encouragement to the next huge business leader or the next politician or the next person who's going to bring breakthrough in the entertainment industry or the next person who's going to go to a different nation and see massive breakthrough. You just never know. You might be that person who says that one thing in that one moment that wakes something up in someone that spurs them on to who God's called them to be. Or you might be like Wilma's mum, speaking truth day in, day out, day in, day out to the kids around you. Maybe not knowing what's taking root. Maybe when the world is telling the kid, your kids so many conflicting things and you're just day in and day out speaking truth, telling them who you are. This is what I see. You've got to know you are releasing life into your kids. That will take root because our words are powerful. So I just want to, we're going we're to pray in just a minute, but I just want to read some truth, particularly over mums this morning. And this is what I want. I want us to hear this. What we're doing is making a difference. Who we are is enough. There is grace for our anguish this morning and fresh faith for the vitally important role we play. We're not perfect and we never will be. That does not mean we're frauds. Our words are powerful and we are hardwired by God to release life wherever we go. Mothers, fathers, men and women together, seeing God's kingdom break out, seeing life advance, seeing families, communities, neighborhoods, workplaces, nations impacted by the love and kindness of God. We've got to be fully ourselves. We've got to understand the power of our words. Why don't we stand together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Why don't you just focus on him? (laughs) Father, we just thank you that we're called as a family, Mm. as men and women together, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, to see your kingdom advance. It's such a privilege, God. I just pray that you'd put a settling in our hearts of who Mm. you've called us to be this morning, that we would not shrink back, that we would be fully ourselves. You know, the one thing I feel like I want to just do this morning and have a response of is I feel like there's something about, you know, because the enemy knows how powerful our words are, 
he likes to shut us up and keep us quiet. And I believe that there are some of us in the room, men and women, who for whatever reason, your voice feels stuck, trapped. You feel like you can't fully speak and say the stuff you're called to say. For whatever reason, you just feel a bit stuck with your voice. And I feel like God wants to bring freedom this morning. He did some of that in the first meeting. And I feel like God wants to just bring freedom so that we can speak out who, what God has put in us and what we carry and the stuff that's in our heart because it's going to release life in our kids' lives and, and in the people's lives around us. And so if you know that you feel like you lack confidence with your voice or for whatever reason you feel like you can't fully express what's in your heart, can you just quickly put your hand up where you are? Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Here's what I want us to do. We've got a few minutes. I just, because I feel like God's on it so strongly, I just want to encourage you just to quickly come to the front. Just quickly make your way to the front. Just be brave. And the uh, thing is, you can't set yourself free from this. You've got to have Jesus do it for you. So there's no pressure on you to have to make anything happen here. But I do think the walking to the front is going to bring... Well, it's just obedience, isn't it? God is going to meet with you. So just come to the front and just receive from the Lord. And uh, if you're used to praying, it'd be great to have people gathered around these men and women who've been courageous. Just let's just gather around. Let's be family together. If you're if you're used to praying, if you've done TSM, just come stand with one of these guys, men and women, and we're gonna we're just gonna ask Jesus to bring freedom. Thank you, Father. God, I just thank you so much that you have wired us to speak words of life, that you have called us to release life wherever we go, that our words are powerful. And God, I just want to thank you for these men and women who've come forward, and I want to thank you for their courage and their confidence. And right now, I just want to pray, God, would you come and bring freedom? Would you lift off limitations and restrictions in the name of Jesus? And I just pray, God, that you would bring freedom. I pray that you would release our voices to, to, to speak, to sing, to, to say all that you've put in us to say in the name of Jesus. God, come. Come and meet with your children. Come and do what only you can do, God. We can't make this happen. But I just pray, God, that you would bring freedom from control. That you would bring freedom from lies that would cause people to keep quiet, keep their mouth shut. Some of you have been told that. Some of you have been said, you need to stop talking. You need to keep your mouth shut. And God wants to break that this morning. God wants to break that this morning. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just let him come to you. Just as we've been responding here at the front, I felt like God remind me of 2 Timothy 1.7, which talks about how the Lord doesn't, give us a spirit of timidity but of power of love and self-discipline and so I just want to pray that over you Father I just pray over every person that's responded here this morning I speak over them a, a spirit of power and love and self-discipline and in the name of Jesus we break off whatever has silenced you we break off the power of silence and we we say no more no more uh, that the Lord releases you to speak up and to say what he's put into your heart and so we pray, we pray, Father, would you break off every restraint? Like Jeremiah says, you know, if I, if I try and hold it all in, what, you, what you've spoken for me to bring, 
It's like a fire shut up in my bones and I can't do it. I must speak up. I must speak out everything that you placed inside me. So in Jesus' name, we break off every single thing that would silence you. That's been my story. Uh, that's what God's done to me. And I, I, I pray that for you too, that the Lord would break off every single restraint that others or even yourself has placed there. And so just like we heard, it's, it's whose voice are you going to listen to? Yeah, listen to your father's voice. He's the one that's saying he's placing in you right this moment a spirit of love, of power, and self-discipline. Thank you, Jesus.